Our next guest has been a punk rocker, is the founder of Microfame Media, where he's worked for huge companies like eBay, LinkedIn, and Citrix, has written for publications like Forbes, Fortune, Psychology Today, and has written an awesome new book that has completely changed the way I think about marketing called The Hype Handbook. This 10-minute curated portion of our conversation is great for anyone struggling to get ahead in their business or in their career and is looking for a new way to get more success. The full episode comes out next week, but let's just get right into it. I don't know how much your listeners know about me, but I was this totally like artsy guy who played in a band. And our band, even though we didn't become rock stars, did relatively well, all things considered. I mean, we used to sell this club, Arlene's Grocery, out all the time, which is a pretty, you know, fame. The Strokes got their start there. It's a pretty famous club. We had a residency there. We would, um, we had a lot of press and we never thought of it as marketing. We thought of it as hyping ourselves up. So we would do all these crazy things. You know, we would just do all these controversial kind of things. So um, to get attention, I guess being in that job for close to a decade, the mischief maker and the punk rocker was beaten out of me. You know, I, I just, you know, we're very adaptable as human beings. So when I was around corporate type people, many of whom I'm still friends with, they're, they're, they're great people, but the game is not played that way. So I just became a, a, a businessy kind of guy, a straight laced kind of dude, you know what I mean? And so when I went out on my own and I got, I had a business type business idea being a business writer. I just figured I should do businessy things to get attention. So if there were marketing and sales books that I read or courses or whatever, they were straight laced marketing and sales courses. I mean, I read about search engine optimization. I learned about AB testing. I read about, I don't know, challenger sales, just, just all this typical stuff. And I got some value out of it but it was really mediocre. I mean, I, I just sort of was scrapping. I mean, I was, I was, I wasn't really making a living. I, I was spending more than I was making. I was burning through my savings. And so I was desperate. I didn't want to get a job again. I mean, that was a really painful, um, I didn't like being in that job and I thought every job would be like that. So I, I actually had a, I, I was, I had moved back to New York and I was in downtown Manhattan where I used to play and I walked on Ludlow Street, I think it was Ludlow Street, wherever Arlene's Grocery is. And I just remembered how we used to be. And I had this revelation. I was kind of like, why did I used to be so good at getting attention? And I'm so bad at it now. I literally couldn't get people to you know, pay attention to me. So I was like, I have nothing to lose. I mean, why don't I just go back to being the way I was, but in a business setting? So I started picking fights with prominent gurus and publications. I started being really irreverent and funny in, in my writing and in my interviews. And um, it worked really well. So that was just kind of a paradigm shift for me. And hype, which I define as just any activity that drives a huge amount of attention and emotion to get people to do what you want them to do at scale. I didn't even know that was a thing. I, I mean, right now I have this very coherent philosophy. And that's what I wrote the book about that human psychology, especially mass psychology, is really generalizable. So whether you're starting a horrible religious cult or starting Virgin Records and Virgin Airlines, the mass psychology principles behind them are the same, even though the content is different. It's so hard as somebody who wants to break into a, an industry, it's so hard to 
do it just on quality. It's so hard to do it just on marketing or just on sales. And I, so the concept really resonated with me because it presented this almost side door mentality to getting what you want. I'm interested to know how have you used that in your own life or have you? I mean, yeah, I've used it a lot. I mean, I, w- I want to give an example before I go into myself, because it, it reminds me of Mark Echo, who made the Echo clothing line, which is hip hop influenced. And he he um talks about how, and his stuff is great. I mean, he's a great artist. I mean, just visual artist. He's a really good clothing designer. He started out really young, just has raw talent. You know, he would do things like, you, you know, Macy's gave him one T-rack in their store, in their flagship store, which basically is just like one clothing rack uh, for his clothing. So he could say he was in Macy's, but if that thing didn't sell out in a couple of weeks, he was done. He lost his chance. So he got all of his street team members, gave them money and had them buy his own clothing because he knew it's like the idea. I remember seeing a thing Motley Crue used to sell out some club on a Wednesday night. And they got signed because the record label doesn't care about the revenue from that club. That's nothing. But if you can sell out a club on Wednesday night by yourself, imagine what you can do if you have record company dollars. So the people who want to back you and help you and take you to the next level are looking for indicators that you're successful on your own. And the world is pretty unforgiving. I mean, if you miss your chance, you've missed your chance. You have to really pivot. So, um, Yeah, I think sometimes generating the perception of momentum, generating the perception of being bigger than you are, generating energy and transcendence around something that doesn't have any is really important. And and in regards to how I did it, um, that's totally how I, 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 um, you know, set myself apart. I mean, um, I called out Gary Vaynerchuk in an article when I was a nobody and when I was going broke. And basically talked about how I knew the answer to what it really took to market yourself better than him. And I made a really compelling argument, so much so that he responded to me by video. But everyone assumed that I was a big shot because I was writing for Inc. Magazine, but I had just totally talked my way into that article. (laughs) And then by Gary responding to me like I was a big shot, you were made me a big shot. Yeah, exactly. So it's really this self-perpetuating kind of thing that you can engage in. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to confidence and 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 just speaking without qualifiers and writing without qualifiers and behaving without qualifiers. You've said that you turn this common maxim on its head where you used to think that in business you had to be direct. You know, you had to be strong and ask for what you wanted and sell sell sell. But your nature was of somebody that was very different. Your nature was of somebody that was thoughtful and more of a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to know, how has that kind of going deeper into what was once a perceived weakness, how has that been helpful for you or for your career? I am who I am. So if I was the direct, aggressive person, I would use that and it probably would get me great success. But I'm not that person. And when I try to be that person... I can't sustain it. So I used to say, you know, that just means I'm not going to be as successful and it would be depressing. And what I realized that was really liberating in studying hype was that most, so every hype artist turns themselves almost into a caricature version of themselves. They turn themselves into like a heroic version. They take their, their nuanced traits 
and sort of smooth the rough edges out, right? So Richard Branson is this sort of swashbuckling um, Atlantic crossing hero. And Thomas Edison was the work 23 hours a day cantankerous inventor, you know, who invented electric light, which he actually did not. So, you know, what I realized was the ones who do this best don't usually play up their strengths. They do sometimes, but what they do more is they find their weakness and they flip it into a strength. So, um, you know, Thomas Edison, the reason that he created the modern picture of the work around the clock, Elon Musk, invent a million things, aggressive sort of scientist is that he was partially deaf and he was really bad at dealing with people, but he knew he had to, had to promote himself. It was very challenging for him. So he created this image of the person who was too busy to interact with the public because he was holed up in his laboratory. Warhol was a very shy, pathologically shy person, which in the art world was not a very good thing because art thrives on networking. So what he did is he turned that into this character of mystique where he would give one word mysterious answers. So what I realized was, okay, I'm a people pleaser. Well, people like me. Well, that means that I'm really good at getting people to take me under their wing. So I guess what I'm saying is we can wish we were a different way. We can try to become a mediocre version of someone else, or we can find that unusual thing about us that we may not be that comfortable with and flip that into the very thing that gets you attention. And I don't know, that was a very liberating thing. And when I started to embrace that, I started to have a lot more success. <laughs>